ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, and welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I am so excited to be with you today. I am doing an interview with a longtime friend, speaker, expert, and a global thought leader. Her name is Carol Copeland Thomas. She hails from the great state of Massachusetts, and I am so excited to have her with us today. Carol, welcome to Small, the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Oh, I, I am really excited to be on with you, Melinda, to see you grow and glow, and all that you have done is simply amazing and really excited to be a guest on your program today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I really want to help you have you like, you know, sort of walk us through your background. So let me officially introduce you and then we will get into the nitty gritty. You know, okay. Carol is a speaker, a trainer, a global thought leader. She has been a business owner for over 30 years. She moderates discussions around key issues affecting our global marketplace. She has her pulse on issues affecting working professionals and consults with industry leaders on a regular basis. She knows how to analyze dynamics dynamics in the changing marketplace. I guess you do, Miss Carol, after 30 some odd years. 33 years years to be exact, yes. 33 years in business. That's right. I'm celebrating 21 years. Ah, I remember that. (laughs) I remember when I first got started, you were one of my first mentors in this business, and Uh, I really am so excited to have you. I mean, you've done so much and your brand has has twisted and evolved and yeah. you are global. Wait, you're, not, you're not just in the US. You've done London, Canada, India, El Salvador, Australia, South Africa, and Kenya. Listen, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I've only been to like four or five of those places. So I'm speaking professionally, but I, I'm really excited to have you on because I really want you to talk about, you know, the, the challenges of of, you know, remote workers and, you know, when you have a team that's in a different time zone, different culture and, you know, how you have sort of like put together a team of people around you as your business has changed and evolved. And so I really kind of want to just, I want to have you describe for us a little bit, you know, about your core business and about how your team is structured around you. Because I think it's important because I think sometimes people think you just show up like this or, you know, like, like Beyonce, like you woke up like this. No, there's a whole team of people that, that gets you from place to place and, and helps you organize your business and I really think it's important to get to the bones of some of that because I, you know, I have a team of seven people that work for me and people are always shocked. And I'm like, what do you think you think? Like, how do you think I do all the things I do? How do you think I produce the level of content that I do? Right. I have an amazing team of people around me who, you know, keep the trains running on time, even when I'm in town, out of town, whatever, <laughs> you know, you know, you can rely on us for valuable content to grow your business. So Talk to me just a little bit about, you know, how your business has evolved in the last couple of years and Mm -hmm. what kind of team you have around you. Well, great question. And I would say that the evolution determines 
the direction you take from a technology perspective, from a communications perspective, and where you really see yourself in business. So I started off as a trainer. I started off really as a, a owner of a different type of business. I was in the uh, personnel space and ran a temporary employment agency when I started in 1987. And then in 1989, had morphed and shifted over into training, having received a contract from the phone company to train their employees. So that led to other training work. And so got out of the temporary employment space, which is very cash driven and employment and labor driven, as you can only imagine, and then landed into the training space. So like many others, I look at myself as someone who started off as a trainer and then ultimately became the keynote speaker and the social entrepreneur that I see myself now. The work that I did, the kind of marketing that I did, the operational activity that I did 33 years ago was all based on the office I was in, in suburban Boston, with a partner, a, a staff person that we had, and then all these employees that we were putting to work. And everything was done by phone. I think we had fax machines then, and maybe they had come into existence. <laughs> oh my gosh, only the medical industry is still using fax machines. Oh, well, it, I, I still wow. get a couple of faxes. So wow. yeah, it, it, it's wow. around, but, oh, but uh, you know, I, I do all mine uh, in terms now through my email account. <laughs> so, you know, we did it that way. And then the bulk of the work that you did was either face-to-face -face or you mailed things. So you had a large mailing bill because you needed to mail out your promotional materials, your postcards, whatever packets. I remember the pack, the twofold packets that we would mail, and that was probably four or five dollars per packet. And so that's where we were 30 plus years ago. Then as technology came into well, the, the 90s operated very much like that. Email was coming into existence at that time. And then around 2000 or so, that's when things began to change. I started off in 2000 doing conference calls where you would have uh, these group calls, you'd have a bridge line and everybody would come on. And I did workshops that way and, and made money that way. So technology was first with the phone and then ultimately through email and then ultimately through the internet system. So the evolution I have been around has meant that I've had to just grow up and be a part of the times. I, I could not <laughs> just fax everything because people don't have fax machines now. So now we're, we're, we're talking on Zoom. We're using the Zoom platform. I use this platform all the time. And it means that I had to bring in a team of professionals who I work with, I had to deal with a remote team, which we're going to talk about, and then a team of wonderful volunteers who work with me with my events that I hold. I am in the process of holding my 27th breakfast event in March. I've had 27 since the year 2000, been doing this 20 years, and I now have held 13 conferences since the year 2008 with the Multicultural Symposium Series. So that is run with my remote team and also with my wonderful volunteers who are always there. They just show up. They say, just tell us when and where, and they're there. So it's that kind of combination as a social entrepreneur that has gotten me through these 33 years. And I think anybody who was listening to your program needs to look at themselves in that manner. There, there are people who will work with you on a voluntary basis. 
There are people who will work with you either as a face-to-face staff person or a remote staff person. And then you have to have those champions and those cheerleaders who will be there, who will work with you and will advocate for your business because they're internal influencers and, and, and power shakers and decision makers. Right. So in terms of how your business operates now, like what is your sort of like core business and like kind of sort of like how how are you how are you structured team wise like right now? In terms Great of- question. Great question. I'm a content provider operating on different platforms. My main topics deal with diversity, multiculturalism, inclusion and empowerment issues from a global perspective. So I'm always looking at these topics from a global perspective. So companies will bring me in to deliver a keynote address or a training session or to facilitate a group of staff members. I will then function within the confines of conventions and conferences where I will be a main platform speaker or presenter. So those are the bulk activities of which I generate revenue. There are two other revenue generators. One is my events business, which I just mentioned in terms of the conferences and the breakfast events that I put on. And then I am growing and I'm really excited about growing a membership platform. The Multicultural Symposium Series now has close to 200 members who pay an annual fee to get access to the archives of our webinars, to also participate in our events, either at a free rate, because that's part of their uh, their fee, or a reduced rate. And then we're bringing on online courses that will be part of this members-only platform. So those are the main revenue generators of my business, sort of dovetailed into each other. And also they have to do with uh, just who I am as a, as a human being, as a person. Sure. So staff wise, how many people help you on a weekly basis or a project basis, sort of like get all of these things accomplished? I mean, and congratulations for being so diversified. You know, <laughs> so often people say, you know, a speaker, if they drop dead tomorrow, their business is done, right? You know, mm. so it's really important to have multiple streams of income and have other ways that you can impact people. Certainly, I've been able to do that via my books and my blogs, and I have several online courses as well. And this podcast, I mean, people have been begging me to do a podcast for years. So I finally last year said, all right, I'm going to do it, you know, but you know, you only have so much bandwidth and doing small biz chat live on Twitter every week for the last 10 and a half years was a lot. Wow. We have transitioned to doing small biz chat once a month. Uh Uh-huh the small biz chat podcast every week so we had to you know some had to give so yeah, well, it, it, it's, it, you, you're ta- you are absolutely talking about the evolution that your business has gone through and I remember that you were, when you were in the production space and now look at the space that you're in now in terms of podcasting and sort of scaling down with your your chats that you're having and you've scaled up the podcast the, the way to go now is through podcasting so hats off to you I operate with one virtual staff person, again, with all these other components that I have, voluntary, 
My daughter is wonderful. My younger daughter lives with me. And so she is a big help and just kicks in and helps out, reminds me. She's, she calls herself her, my assistant, and she is. So I probably should say I have two people <laughs> who, who help out. But about seven months ago, I had the good fortune of d- deciding I, I want to go with a virtual remote person. I'm not, I don't care where they live in the world. So I, I do a fair amount of research and I did research and decided that the company that used to be called Elance is now called Upwork is where I could find a good person. I had used another platform for a short-term project and that worked out fine, but I knew that Upwork, that's U-P-W-O-R-K, would be the platform to find virtual talent, freelancers all over the world. Did a a search, put up my job description, checked out a number of people in the United States first. I went to the U.S. first, and then I said, no, I need to broaden my search. And I went outside of the U.S. and uh, decided that there was a young woman in Egypt who met my needs. And in our interview and in talking with her, there were some issues with her technology that caused a problem. And then there was a very long delay in her responding to me alternatively. So I figured that was going to be a bit of a challenge. And I moved on and then ultimately found a wonderful young woman in the Philippines who met my needs was a top-ranked person with Upwork, and her name was Isa Bolera. She had an American name that was used for business purposes, but her name was Isa Bolera. And we took off. This was at the end of June of 2019. And actually, the week that I hired her, she was just turning 30 years old. Wow. Wow. So you hired somebody in the Philippines. Now, what was she doing for you? She was my marketer, my phone representative, and I would send her a long list, long list of prospects all over the United States, meeting planners, convention planners, etc. as we were building out my keynote business. So she was tasked with actually going and calling as many as 60 to 80 people a, a day to qualify leads. And then we developed a system where she would then email me through this Upwork platform, Excel spreadsheets with who these individuals were, their contact information, and then I would follow up. So this was how we did business. What amazed me, Melinda, is her very first day doing this. First of all, I trained her through Zoom. We had several Zoom sessions. I wanted to check her English. I corrected some things, including my name, how to pronounce my name. She was skilled. She had had this experience before. She had worked at call centers. So the the mechanisms, the operational piece of it, she was very, very good at. Mm -hmm. It was understanding who I was and the type of person that I was. And she had represented a speaker before, represented a speaker of color before. So the speaking industry was, um, she was very familiar with that. Mm -hmm. So we uh, went through the orientation process, the training process, and then she was off and running. So the last week, almost the last couple of days of June, the very first day, 
she probably made 60 calls. I mean, she just, she goes through the calls. She has the script down pat in terms of the script that is modified for her personality. And she came up with, I believe, three or four solid leads. I just said, whoa, (laughs) this is quite amazing. To the extent that one of those leads to this day is actually part of a healthcare speaker bureau. And I have written an article for them, and they are now marketing me as a keynote speaker. So that was from the very first day of Isa actually making those phone calls. And so it continued from there. She was, with very few exceptions, was very, very skilled in qualifying leads and then sending the information to me. So much so, Melinda, that she uh, she got ahead of me, that I had to catch up and then slow her down because she was so efficient in identifying and qualifying these leads. Fix Your Business is really about encouraging people to take back control of their business and change how their businesses is run. It's not okay to skip paychecks. It's not okay to never feel like you can take a vacation. And it's also not okay to not know how much profit you've made in your business until your taxes are done. I really want business owners to stop letting their businesses be runaway trains. I've written this book to teach people processes and systems to help them run their businesses intentionally. My goal is to help existing entrepreneurs create a business that allows them to live their dream life. All right, now, what is the time difference between the East Coast <laughs> and the Philippines? It's like, hey, how are you guys communicating? Well, like, would you wake up in the morning and there'd be this email waiting for you from her? Oh, my goodness. I, I, with, <laughs> I deal with now about three or four countries, and you, you, you learn as a as a speaker and, and as a business owner like I am and in your your uh, those who are listening to this podcast and your Twitter followers, if they're doing any global work, you're just you're in many ways, your clock is a 24 hour clock. I have a 24 hour clock on my phone so <laughs> that you just become adopt, adapted to it. The Philippines, they are 13 hours ahead of us at this time, ahead of wow. uh, Eastern Standard Time at this time. So very, very often, and we have this conversation with Isa, that she would make her phone calls at 12 midnight, her time, and 11 midnight, her time, or 10 o'clock, mid uh, 10 o'clock, her time, or 11 o'clock, or more midnight, her time, which would correspond with the morning and early afternoon hours on the East Coast or wherever she was calling. She wow. would call because she was sometimes calling the West Coast or calling Texas or, or Michigan or other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Colorado made several calls there. And so that uh, midnight time frame was a good time for her. And then she would wrap up her report. She would then email me around two o'clock in the morning. And I remember the first time I said, oh my gosh, this is inhumane. I can't have her do that. So Isa is, is, you know, is there another time that will work for you? And her response, Melinda, was, no, this is, this is fine. This is business. This is the, uh, the right time. I'm able to reach people at this time. Don't worry about it. Not a problem. So she adjusted her schedule. She would sleep during the day, our time, so that she would be able to work with me and others in the evening. She had other uh, jobs that she was working on. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So she was, she was obviously very focused and dedicated on her work. She won yes. a five-star rating on Upwork, right? Yes, you're right. Uh, 
so so tell me how that progressed like like you you very quickly got attached to this woman i'm imagining because she was so effective and you guys were in such regular communication mm -hmm. it, the the relationship developed it was constant she was a real professional and as i said i had to catch up with her i was traveling during much of the time uh, in, out of the country as well during the first trip that i made to colorado i had to go to our speakers convention i bought a very inexpensive printer put it in my suitcase so that I would be able to do my reporting and pull off her sheets and so that our system would not be broken. And then I modified that with other trips. But uh, again, she was, she was concentrating on her work. She didn't let her uh, other responsibilities and things that she was doing with her family. She was married, had a beautiful five-year-old daughter. None of that interfered with her job. She worked around it and it worked out beautifully. I found out that she was principally the breadwinner in her family. So the money that I was paying her and others were paying her, paying her rent and paying other responsibilities. Her husband was dutifully taking care of their child while she was working and, and doing other things. So they had a great relationship. She'd been married seven years and it worked very well, but she knew that her work was important because that was, that was bringing home the bacon, should I say. Okay. Now, was <laughs> this your first experience working with an overseas person? Yes, it was. It was. Now, I've had other relationships with parts of my business and, and parts of the humanitarian work that I do. So I was accustomed to, you know, the mechanics and those kind of things with those who were English speaking and, and working with them. So that was not a challenge at all. For me, it was systematizing what I was doing with her so that if, in fact, she would move on to other freelance responsibilities and, and, and she would leave me, which, you know, which happens that I would have the system in place to bring in someone else. Mm -hmm. And so early on, I said, no, I can't just focus on Isa, even though Isa's doing such a great job. I want to make sure that this system can work for other freelancers. Should I bring them in? Well, that's really smart. And that's something that we talk about all the time with my small business owners that I coach. And in my book, Fix Your Business, I talk about, you know, you need to figure out how to delegate. But before mm -hmm. you can do that, you got to figure out what you're delegating. Now, exactly. you know, you got to develop your processes and systems and standard operating procedures and write them down. Exactly. Right? If everything is in your head about how your business runs, mm -hmm. Lord, if you get hit by a bus, you're going to be in trouble, you know. So, I, I applaud you for being forth, you know, forethinking enough to say, okay, you know what, let me develop this system, but mm -hmm. let me develop a replicatable system. Right. So if I have to move on to someone else, it's like next. Okay. I know yeah. how to train. I know the script. I know how to, you know, so I think that's really, really brilliant that you were mm -hmm. able to do that. But, but, but I know that along the road when you were working with your virtual assistant, uh, something happened. Tell me about what happened to her as you guys were, were flowing along and, and, and working together. Yeah, I, I'm uh, wincing as you're asking that question because it is painful. Six months into the relationship, again, things were going great. I was shifting some of my marketing strategy. She was shifting with me. We were calling different lists, and I was beginning to have great success with universities that I was approaching with a special package where I would go in and speak to either students, faculty, or both. So she was a part of that activity and that campaign that I was on. Around Christmas time, 2019, I noticed that 
there were a couple of missed phone calls or a couple of missed contacts that normally by that time she would have contacted me during Christmas week. We had worked out where she would do research during the Christmas holidays because obviously people were away and phone calls wouldn't be very productive. So she was going to begin that process. I was waiting to hear from her. Again, I I had no reason to doubt things were not working out well. And then after about a week, not hearing from her, and I was at that point not only contacting her on the Upwork platform, I was emailing her saying, what's what's going on? And didn't hear anything back from her. So I said, oh my, maybe she's moved on and she's just gone and I wish her the very best. This was the first week in January. And then by January 9th, I figured that she had moved on for real. I received Uh, a message on the Upwork platform with her account from a person who was identifying himself as her husband, Jomar. It was a very long message. I was actually on my way to to a function where I was going to do some networking. And I read it in shock and horror and somewhat, this can't possibly be happening. To make a long story short, They had been watching television in their home, very modest, small home on December 28th with their daughter dancing. They were watching TV and their five-year-old was dancing, having fun. A truck driver lost control of his truck, his vehicle, and mixed up the accelerator with the brake, thinking that he was putting on the brake, he was actually putting on the accelerator. He was pushing on the accelerator and he crashed through their home. And Isa instinctively pushed her daughter aside so that she would not be hurt and tragically got caught under the truck. The the truck hit her full blown head on. It took first responders, her husband to remove her from the truck get her to the hospital. And at that time, when her husband, this is on the 9th of January, contacted me, she was brain dead. They had done all they could for her. And it's just a matter of time as to what was going to happen. He was panicking. He had, they had no money saved. They had mounting medical bills. And it was a, a disastrous situation. I made one quick check online, this is technology again, Melinda, and found a newspaper article validating everything he said. They gave her name, they gave the driver's name, the, his age, the street she lived on. And so this was a true story, this was not fabricated. And so I then immediately made the decision, I will help you out, because I was the last freelance contract that she had. She had worked with others and she had worked with eSpeakers, which is a platform for professional speakers. They had worked with her up until I think Thanksgiving at my recommendation. So I said, oh, we, we're, we're going to have to figure out how to raise money to help out. And so I set up a GoFundMe page that I have in existence today. Uh, sadly, on January 12th, she did pass away. And then it was a pretty horrific nail-biting experience working with a funeral home and then ultimately a cemetery to find out what the bills were going to be. Uh, There was also a very large hospital bill that the truck driver had promised to pay. Unfortunately, he has now vanished. 
And so that bill is also looming. And uh, I managed to successfully work with the funeral home to pay their bill in installments. And then the cemetery, I thought would also go along with the same kind of arrangements. They would not. They were very adamant and very rigid in how they were going to handle this. And again, mind you, I'm calling back and forth to the Philippines, fortunately on an AT&T plan so that I had set up so that my bill would not be gigantic at the end. But it was really friends and colleagues who have pitched in and helped out with this GoFundMe page. She was finally buried on the 21st of January. Uh, There was a one-day delay the hassles of the cemetery, I'm not happy with them. They were not very helpful at all. But And finally, the, the relatives had to do some very creative financing, very sacrificial creative financing to get her buried. So now at this point, we have now reimbursed the family, paid off the cemetery, and we are now at the final stages of paying off the funeral home where I am needing help from people everywhere to help out with that. And then other responsibilities and other bills because this husband, his daughter, they're now homeless. Their home was destroyed and they're living with relatives. And so actually he is now coming back from Manila, his first trip to Manila. He lives on the island of Palawan and had never gone to the island where Manila is situated, trying to figure out if even the media can help out with his case. Mm. So so the GoFundMe page is still up and yes, it is trying to raise money. So tell us about how much money are you trying to raise mm-hmm. and you know, when is the deadline? You know, like what, what tell me. Great. Tell all the who, what, where. Yes, I set up a GoFundMe page. That was relatively easy. I also created a, purchased a URL to make it easy for my subscribers, my donors to support. So people merely have to go to www.helpherfamily.com. Helpherfamily.com. It will take you straight to the GoFundMe page. No amount is too small or too large. We are raising $25,000 in anticipation of uh, perhaps a $10,000 plus uh, medical bill that may have to be paid uh, in, in some kind of way. Funeral expenses, several thousand dollars, trying to find housing for Jamar, schooling for his daughter, and those are just the basic expenses that you need to survive in that country, uh, given the circumstances. All right. So it's helpherfamily.com. Okay. Correct. Well, listen, you know, I think it is amazing that you took this on and that you loved on this woman who you never met in person, who Mm -hmm. decided to, you know, assist her husband. And, you know, I, I have always known um, how God works through you, Carol Copeland Thomas. So I, (laughs) I am, not shocked at all that you have tried to help this family and we're certainly going to get the word out and try to get more people to help and support because this is a tragedy. Yes. A family. This is a, a child without a mother and, and, you know, a husband in despair. And, you know, one of the things that it doesn't cause people anything to show love and kindness 
and empathy. So we are so grateful that you've come to the Small Biz Chat podcast to share the story. We definitely want to encourage our listeners and subscribers to go to helpherfamily.com and see if they can give a little something, something to uh, ease, ease this family's struggle. You know, I know that whenever you give, you will get and, and and no matter what you give, you'll never be God given, no matter what you give. Mm-hmm. And that's what my mother always taught me. And so I think that, you know, this is a business story, right? This is like, yes. this is a business. This is, this was a, a remote staff person that you had exactly supporting your business. And all of a sudden her family needed help and, and, and kudos to you for all of the work that you did and my goodness, negotiating with the funeral home. Well, I I have to help my best friend growing up, Denise Gray Felder, who was an expert in communications because she was there. She's also very skilled in the international marketplace. I had lots of guidance from her. Joe Heaps with eSpeakers also has come alongside me. And so you'll see his name on the GoFundMe page. So there were people here Again, in the business community, as you're saying, Denise Gray Felder is a, is a nonprofit business owner, but very savvy. Joe Heap's business owner. So this is a, this is a, a small business saga, a, a small business story. Again, we are needing the professional skills of those around the country to help us. So when something like this happens to someone where they have nowhere else to turn, I had to help. Had no choice. Well, when you reached out to me, I had to help too. So that's Thank what you. we're doing. And we're going to make sure that we get this out soon so that we can support you. And if someone's interested in just getting to know more about you, Carol, where can they reach you? Where can they get some information about Carol Copeland Thomas and oh. all of the global uh, training work that you do? Thank you so much. I'll give you two places to go. One, because you're so big on Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Global Carol. It's at Global, G-L-O-B-A-L-C-A-R-O-L-E. You can go there and, and read all about me. I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. And my website is carolcopelandthomas.com, my name. Right. Carol with an E. Yes. All right. Well, thank you so much. This is the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I am Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and I will leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.